All right, welcome back to episode seven of the Tip It Out Golf Podcast. Sorry we were gone last week. We uh, took a little break for Easter and to recoup, whether we did or did not. That's our own business. Evan Farrar, how we doing? How Welcome back from uh, Augusta, Georgia. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. And uh, Ben Fultz, welcome back. Thank you. I, uh, I never left. <laughs> I wish I did, though. Yeah, I know. At least we we finally got some warm weather here in uh in the Midwest. We got a little taste of summer. Mm-hmm. Got oh. a little little toasty. I was sweating. Little nugget. We played uh windmill, which is like my home track, and I've it's one of the notoriously most wet courses um, of all time. But like, give us a give them a week of seventy degree weather and sunshine in the Midwest, and it was playing firm, fast, and just spectacular. I've never seen the course in better. Like I'm sure. Most Midwest courses can can say that, but that was as good a golf as I can remember in April um, this weekend and in, in, in late last week. So, agreed. I was I was I finally got out to TPC and those greens were pure as ever yeah. I've seen in April. And I mean, I was actually kind of mad when I saw a bump or <laughs> saw a, the ball hop or something like that. Let's get it started. Uh, any thoughts from RBC Heritage? Uh, I thought you know George. I thought George Spieth was going to do it. Um, those two putts in the playoff i thought were going in and it's i think he thought they were going in as well from his reactions for sure i mean you cannot you can't lip out any harder back to back yeah that was one of the slowest lip outs i've ever seen i know seriously it's hard to be frustrated or i'm trying to look at it through jordan speed's eyes but like 66 on sunday is that is that right i'm I'm like 99 percent sure it was 66 and uh Put on like a world class display of ball striking. I think he like led the field in the stroke of approach on Sunday. Um, hard to be mad, you know, when you play that good and you give and you hit two awesome putts and two awesome shots into those greens on the playoff holes, and they both don't go in. Like, I hope I hope this doesn't fluster him or, or he doesn't lose any sleep because I think he really did play well. Um, you know, that's kind of the rub of the green though. Like, you, you hit two good putts and they don't go in and still cashing a $2.2 million check for second place. And hopefully he carries some momentum here uh, towards, in, you know, in a major season. So I'll add to that. And I'll say that uh, I thought the playoff uh, energy was nice. We've already had two playoffs this, this year, which is pretty fun. Always. Everybody loves free golf. Free golf. But, um, but that actually, that actually got, got for her and I talking about like the most amount of holes ever in a sudden death type playoff. Mac, just take a guess. Like how many do you think it is? The most amount of holes in a sudden death playoff. Not including the U.S. Open? Not including the U.S. Open. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah not, not including. A full 18. Uh, I, are we including, like, amateurs and stuff? Because I know some of them. PJ Tour. PJ like, Tour. PJ Tour. Tour. Mm-hmm. Probably, what, 10? It's a great guess. Wow, that's pretty close. It's 11. It's 11. Wow. The, the I only – I said it. Motor City Open with Car- Carrie Middlecoff and Lloyd Mangrum. Uh Terry Middlecroft, that's that's a dog right there. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys ever watched him play. He's, he's that dude was a ball striker. That's <laughs> before our time. Uh, <laughs> like Eleven holes, and they just it got dark, and they were like, "You guys both win." Sorry, like we we don't have time to finish. This Is that game. what yeah, happened? Yeah, they, just, they were like, "Yeah, screw it. Let's give you guys both." They, a they didn't even finish it. The the original participation trophy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you play that good golf in like eleven holes, you can't decide a winner, and it's dark. It's like pitch black out. Like, I don't know. Yeah, 
Nowadays, they just come back. They come back Monday morning for sure. We'd be we'd be remiss to not shout out Matt Fitzpatrick and Mm -hmm. uh, playing really well today and this whole week, uh, hitting the fucking stone cold, probably the best shot of the year in the the third playoff hole, the five inches from one eighty. The dude has uh, gained like what I think was four miles an hour of club head speed, which is no small feat. Um, I mean, that's close to that's close to like. 40 yards of distance. Yeah. And, you know, he's a small, skinny guy, and he can hit it out there with everybody now. And, you know, he's kind of got the game to obviously win a U.S. Open and win other majors, win big events like this. So Yeah, um, absolutely. Cool. I mean, I know we're, we're all speed fans here, but, you know, hats off hats off to Matty Fitz. I think we can also agree now that Patrick Cantley is the villain on tour now. <laughs> like. I know we were yeah. all, you know, all these guys left for live. We're like, oh man, every like I'm rooting for everybody, and and when that first happened, I was like, who do we go to as the villain? And my first guess was like, ah, probably Patrick Cantley, just just because like he's quiet. I mean, I don't know, but now yeah. with his slow play being roasted by literally everybody in the golf world, yeah. I think it's it's a clear winner. And that Dewalt toolbox of a golf bag. Just does not help. We need these woodworking tools on uh, 14 to hit it off the the plywood there, or the, the whatever the hell that was. Yeah. Um, the, when I when I like retuned in, they were on 15, and they were on 16, and, and like the group in front of them was on 18. So they were a whole two holes behind. Just when there were three some finishing up there. Called it out. Dottie Pepper called out. Like everyone called them out on a slow play. They were like, yeah, this is fucking slow. Yeah. So. I think we need marshals out there with stop clock with stopwatches and paintball guns. Yeah, I think that's our that's our that's our way to fix it. I do like Patrick Cantley's tweet though about like playing fat. He's like playing faster, and even after the hole in one, mm-hmm. uh, that was funny. So that was he doesn't need I'm I'm here to root against Patrick. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would also like to point out that uh, back to the Matt Fitzpatrick point. Um, I guess my bogey of the week, if we're doing this. Is my mom going? Yeah, you know Patrick or uh, Mathis Patrick? He looks like Rory McIlroy, and I go, okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. What? Not even close. <laughs> what? See a resemblance there. Bless her heart. She doesn't. She doesn't really watch golf at all, but <laughs> I don't. I don't really see the resemblance there. I wonder but, what she thinks Rory looks like. Why don't we? Uh, why don't Mathis we? Patrick needs a couple more pounds. I'm itching, I'm itching to tell you guys about uh, about the trip. Yeah, I'm, I, I really want to hear. So, um, obviously, you didn't get any pictures, but we're yeah, no paid. pictures, no phones. Um, that was a little bit of a bummer. Uh, a couple of stats I want to I want to start you guys off with uh, here uh, of my trip to the Masters. We are stats uh, boys. So, uh, first stat of the day: four, four beers before eleven a.m. on Saturday. Uh, it was forty-five, nice. raining and cold, but we went ahead and started slugging beers early to you know. Numb up the cold and wet conditions. Hey, at least uh, at least the cold weather keeps the beer cold. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, thirteen yeah, total beers. Thirteen total beers from the weekend. Uh, so put, got a bunch of these masters uh, cups. You know the cups that they give you for beer. Um, Ben's got one in his hand. I got one in my hand right now. Um, mm-hmm. Next stat: uh, zero, zero clocks on the fucking course anywhere. So uh, you don't have your phone, and I was a dumbass, and I don't wear a watch, and didn't wear a watch. I had no fucking clue what time it was. The group was coming. 
who was where like I, you just like lose track of time out there like it, it was crazy like they they paused they suspended the round when they finished this the second round on saturday right and they were getting ready to start the third round and we were like all right let's jump over to 11 and 12 get a spot and then watch some groups come through because that's a you know awesome spot to watch golf you can kind of watch people hit into 11 which is you know an awesome hole then you can also see people tee off 12 so you get to see you know a lot of different golf shots um so we went and kept it there and we were like what time is it like when when are the like when is anyone coming through and we were like you know no idea when the groups were going to tee back off and stuff but no clocks is actually shame on us that's that's a high quality that's a high quality stat right there that's the that's one of those tip it out stats right there that's why you listen to this podcast folks that's behind the scenes that is is insider insider info yeah Uh, inside the ropes we're getting you guys inside the ropes stuff here There are no clocks. Wear a watch if you go to the Masters. I mean, I've also heard from other people that have been, and they talk about how, like, when you're at the Masters, it's like you're in a completely different world. You forget about everything that's going on outside of that property. Yeah. It's it's oh, yeah. few – I don't think anything else, any other event in the world, people would, like, voluntarily like, give up their phone for eight hours and have just nothing but smiles on their face for the whole day. Like, I mean, every, the amount of happy people and – smiles and laughs and just people and just like shooting the shit with the guy standing next to you the whole weekend was was really really fun and cool my my last stat the atmosphere is definitely the best yeah the atmosphere is great is really really cool the last stat is you can't even put a number on it was the amount of just rockets and smoke shows that were out on the on the property i mean it was (laughs) it was unbelievable i will say the biggest travesty of the bad weather was oh, no sundresses, no skirts. <laughs> it, you know, that that really, really hurt the viewing experience uh in, in that in that department, unfortunately. But uh we did see some good golf. So I'll leave it, I'll leave yeah, it. More, more insider more insider info. <laughs> don't don't go to the masters when it's raining. You will not see the sundresses. Did you catch did you catch any wags? <laughs> what's a, what's a wag? Oh, <laughs> uh, is it women? Yeah, what are you talking about? Women's and women and girlfriend of athletes. Oh yeah, um, or so, wife, wife and girlfriend. Sorry. Yes. So my uh, my cousin works for the PGA Tour, who I went to the Masters with, and the story is his grandfather uh, won the 1946 Masters, which is fucking crazy. Uh, so just the stories, I'll try to keep them short. But he had so many stories of his grandpa going to the Masters with his grandpa, driving down Magnolia Lane with his grandpa, um, you know, sitting in the clubhouse with them, and just the respect and, and, and stuff that, uh, you know, he has for the place and that people have for, for his grandpa was really cool. But uh, he works for the PGA Tour now. Uh, he works for the players, helps set up the players every year, and he bounces around. He'll be at the Tour Championship. He'll be at the FedEx, St. Jude, and Memphis, um, helping set up those events and run those events. But So he knows the players really well. And this dude, I would argue, like, knows the girlfriends and wives of every player better than the players themselves. Cause he was like, Oh, there's Scotty Shuffler's girlfriend. There's uh, uh, Cam, Cam Smith's girlfriend. There's fucking X's girlfriend. I mean, he was spotting them out left and right. So uh, a lot of talent, cool. the talent level outside the ropes was almost as good as the talent inside the ropes boys. Let's, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> um, Barry, do- Sandy, Lyle, Sandy Lyle is what put the talent inside <laughs> the ropes over the edge. Yeah. Um, just, I didn't get to, I wouldn't be able to go unless this dude named Herman Kaiser, uh, from Missouri 
who, who lived most of his life in Akron, Ohio, won the 1946 Masters. So kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about his his Masters championship. Um, just a quick nugget. So back in like 1946, is right after World War II, um, a lot of those guys served in World War II. But back at that time, it was more of a gambling affair than like a national like golf spectacle like it is today. So, you know, it really was back in the day an excuse for the members and bookies around the George area to just throw stupid money back at the time on, on golfers. Right. So Ben Hogan was the betting favorite. Um, and you know, all the bookies there and all the members wanted Ben Hogan to win because they all had money on fucking Ben Hogan. Right. So Herman Kaiser, I mean, why wouldn't you, it's like, Tiger yeah, he's, Tiger Woods, he's, he's the Tiger Woods of that era yeah. for sure. So, um, so Herman Kaiser birdies one and birdies three. And never loses the lead for the rest of the tournament. He has the long, he's like 70 holes as, you know, like the longest, he has a master's record for the most amount of holes like held by a leader to go on and eventually win or something like that. So like 70 holes, he held the lead. Wow. But um, I can't remember if it was his Saturday round or his Friday round after, you know, playing really good, leading, to, obviously leading the masters. He's sitting in the clubhouse having lunch. His tea time isn't for another hour, hour and a half. And some guy comes running into the clubhouse and was like, Herman, you're on the tee right now. You're on the tee. They're calling your name. You're going to get disqualified if you don't run to the tee right now. And he's like, no, my tee time's not for another hour and a half. I don't know what you're talking about. But they switched his tee time. The bookies like that run that used to run this event switched his tee time to try to fuck with him. And he goes out there and you know shoots like a 69 without any warm-up uh, while leading the Masters. Jeez. So that was crazy. The other, the other stat was on Saturday. You know, the other round – whether it was Friday or Saturday, I don't, I, I have these mixed up, but the other round, they told him that they don't have any caddies left. So they gave him a, like a 12 or 13 year old kid to caddy for him. And, you know, again, of a greatest game ever played. He's going to have money on fucking, yeah. going to fuck with him. And, uh, so he was like, he like stopped in the middle of like the third hole and was like, I demand a new caddy. Like right now, this is absolutely ridiculous. And they eventually like somebody grabbed him another caddy and he finished out the round with an actual caddy, not a, freaking 13 year old kid um and then on the sunday round on 18 he just hit a good drive and was in you know in the fairway in prime spot with like a a, a one or two stroke lead i can't remember and some guy goes up to him one of the bookies and was like you will get your knees broken if you win the masters today like i will personally like break your break your knee like break your knees if you if you win like while he's walking up 18 fairway at the 72nd hole you know oh shit and so he looked at that guy and he was like, he was like, sir, if you don't get the fuck away from me right now, I'm going to wrap my putter around your neck. And like, just gave this same energy right back to him. And the guy was a dog. You don't mess with anybody named Herman, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> seriously, and then he was so rattled. Like he tells him, he was telling Chase, like he was so rattled after that and so angry that he had three putt all week and he three putts 18 to give Ben Hogan a chance. And then Ben Hogan also three putts. Um, like he may, if he would have made the five footer for par, he would have forty five or something like that. But still, end up winning. So He's just broken. a cool story. Um, he, you know, I, I could go. On, I, we could make a whole podcast about some of the stories about uh, Herman Kaiser, my my cousin Chase. That thirteen year old kid must have been dying by hole three, dude. Like looking up at, <laughs> at Herman, just like, Mister, yeah. can I please walk away, please? This bag is yeah. too heavy, <laughs> dude. I was sixteen caddying and I was dying out there. Imagine, right? 13 oh my and they and, you, and you're getting for modern technology and you know 
bags yeah. heavier than 10 pounds are, you know, right. considered heavy. Back then, they had all right. leather and the persimmon. Yep. All that, man. Those <laughs> were probably like 40 pounds. Shit. It's like just pure, pure iron and wood. Oh. <laughs> just lugging that around. Kid must be so, Poor kid. A uh, couple other places I could go next. Um, you know, obviously the weather on Saturday was brutal. It's still really cool to watch the guys struggle through it and, and play and play golf. Um, the course, I think, speaks for itself. Like on TV, it, the only thing that it doesn't do justice, and this gets harped on over and over again, but is is like how hilly and how undulating the greens are. Like you, you can't really quite see it on TV, but when you get up there in person, like hole six jumps into my mind as one of the most treacherous, scary greens of all time. Like we. We purposefully went to six on Sunday, watched all the leaders come through, and Kepka hit it long as six um, into like into like a pretty much a dead territory. And this green and this this pins on like a ten foot by fifteen foot plateau. And anything that runs, off, you know, off it's like a turtle's you know shell, like where anything that's off of yeah that plateau runs off 30, 40 feet. And Kepka takes one look at the green takes one practice swing and just hits it and out and it, it barely stays up. But I was blown away with how fast, like on a Sunday at the major with a one shot leader, he might've been, he was tied with Ram at that point. Just like hits, like just steps up. Just to it, hits it. Yeah. Would, that chip shot there. I, I see in my nightmares and I would be, I take eight practice swings. I would look at it from every angle. I think about putting it. I think about bumping into the hill. I would be like, you know, fiddling all these clubs and, that was that was kind of cool. I, I do respect like how fast and like committed he is on every swing and every shot. Yeah. He knows what he's doing and he just hits it. So and that's I mean to you know you know a tip it all podcast is not an episode without a little bit of education. I think that's one of the big things I tell a lot of a lot of uh, higher handicappers or you know people that that are like asking me for tips is just like you got your pre shot routine. You can go through that all you want, but as soon as you step up to that ball, you know be committed and just go. Like yep. don't the more you think the, the more chance you are to second guess yourself or something like that. So I think that what Kepka does is some something to to watch. Yeah. Or some of those players. Not Cantley, obviously, but some other players. The Definitely the energy around that last group was really, really cool. Obviously a bunch, like majority of people, like probably 70, 30 are rooting for Rom, but there are a lot of Kepka supporters out there still and a lot of Brooksies and go let's go Brooksy and um, it was awesome to see him back. He is like, he has that kind of like, not quite like tiger aura around him, but he does have a very distinct aura. Uh, like when he's walking around the golf course of just like a bad, cool, calm man. And it, it's just great. It was, it's awesome to have him back uh, competing in majors and, you know, being injury free. I used to be a really big, I know he, he's definitely, he comes across as a dick and as like cocky, confident. And I looked yeah. up to that, at, like in college, like I, when we were in college, we were watching him win, you know, the four majors. And I was like, this dude is so fucking cocky and confident. Like I'm, I love that. I, I absolutely like, I'm jealous of that. And we like tried to like, tried to like replica that in my own game. So uh, it just yeah, awesome. having that on the course is, is definitely nice. Like yeah. I respect people that are players that can go out on the course and be like, I'm the best fucking golfer on this planet. Yeah. Like before they hit, like it's, and like you say, golf, you know, ninety percent between the years, right? So yeah, having the confidence translates to playing better. And I will, while we're talking about Kepka, I had one other nugget about him. I was, I didn't see this round, but his second round, he got to finish before the weather, uh, before the, the weather came 
and it ended up postponing that second round. But talk about fucking precision and like just pure core strategy. That dude made four birdies, he birdied all the par fives and then like part every other hole. And he like, in my mind, like kind of cracked a little code of, of Augusta. Like, hey, like I'm going to hit it to all these spots. I'm going to hit like he just picked the poorest course apart and like strategized and it was just perfect. And I was like, you know what? capitalizing on birdies on par fives and then just like playing the rest of the holes even like that doesn't seem yeah it's hard but like that just seems like such a smart way to go about it like if you go shoot four under if you go play the par fives four under and play the rest of the holes even par you're like you have a chance to win the masters like 12 on that yeah. 12 under and what the round might have won at 12 or 13 so oh i was just gonna say that's what i love about the masters coverage is you can pull up and watch multiple people people hit at the same time so like when i was watching it i would see Kepka play this hole really well, you know, and then somebody else comes through later and they hit it in a different spot. I'm like, okay, that's definitely screwed. Cause like, yeah. you know where you're supposed to be and where you're not supposed to be. So it just makes yep. watching it more fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. I agree. I mean, we, we could talk about, we could make a whole nother episode about just the app <laughs> yeah. and the yeah. user experience yeah. in general. The best app in sports. Like it's uh-huh. far not, yes. unbelievable. Yes. It's funny. What are we going to ask Mac? But I was going to ask, where were you? When the tree fell on 17. <laughs> I was in the car <laughs> trying to get into the Masters because we had just picked up the tickets from uh, Chase's parents um, who went Thursday, Friday, but had plans on the weekend. So luckily I got the invite and got to go. So we picked up the tickets from them and we were like, all right, the weather's kind of shitty. Like, let's go stop in there real quick and just see what happens. And they ended up postponing the round. So I wasn't there for the tree fall, but I did see 17T where it happened the next day. Like that was one of the first places we kind of walked to. Mulched over replaced grass you would have never known a tree fell down there the day before it's it was, just incredible, it's, it's incredible. Wow. i saw a stat that, i saw a stat that they uh somebody was talking to ground screw there you know some yeah. anonymous thing or whatever but they can replace uh sod within 15 minutes is what they said <laughs> like if there's somewhere if they need to replace grass they can replace it and make it look like it never got changed in 15 minutes yeah which is incredible yeah so a couple of like little stories of when we were walking around people we saw uh saw george kittle didn't talk to him just saw him from a distance and you can't miss him the dude is like one of the most scary individuals i've ever seen like <laughs> kind of up close uh just massive like six six two fifty mouth muscle i don't know why. oh he's almost as tall as you right i don't know why i brought <laughs> that up i just wanted to i just shout that out uh we saw uh scott van pelt walking into the clubhouse while it was pouring down rain and he was in a suit and tie looking clean but he didn't have an umbrella like everyone in their mother was holding umbrellas that whole friday around and somebody yells at him he goes scott where's the umbrella and he goes he kind of shrugs and he goes i don't have to worry about my hair getting wet boys and then just keeps walking <laughs> in the clubhouse. that was pretty funny and then uh that's um, great we saw we saw Riggs uh and actually got to talk to him for a little bit on 17. We were watching Mackenzie Hughes, Shane Lowry finish up their their second round on Saturday. So they were on 17. And they both – we were, like, kind of by up in the landing zone where we wanted to see their second shots. And they both almost hit us on the right side. Uh, both hit a tree, like, right above our head. And me, Riggs, and my cousin Chase are, like, ducking. The balls, like, land a couple of feet away from us. So we're just kind of chatting with Riggs. My cousin's talking to him a little bit. And uh, Shane Lowry walks up, and he is motherfucking the whole time. Like I, he had to have dropped eight f bombs in the like the tent, the like fifteen foot between walking off the fairway and then walking to the ball. And we heard every one of them. And I looked to Riggs, and I was like, "I feel that man. I, I definitely feel that." And he he says back, uh, "He's like, I can't relate to to much out here, but I can for sure relate to to relate to that." So that was pretty funny. 
Um, and then Shane Lowry proceeded to hit a ridiculous, unbelievable punch cut. He had nothing. Like we were looking at his ball while he was walking up. He had nothing. It's like a 40 yard punch cut to the front of the green two putts and pars. If, if you guys want to check out a golf shot, go watch second round, second shot on the 17th hole from Shane Lowry. Unbelievable. But, uh, we also saw Johnson Wagner out there. I don't know if you guys remember Johnson Wagner, ex-PGA Tour pro with, like, the most distinct mustache, like, dark, furry, black mustache. And he won a couple of times on the PGA Tour. And he was there with some buddies, and he was having a good time. Lots of beers were flowing, as, as where they were for us, too. So no judgment. I was, I'd be doing the same thing. Um, I Oh, a fun little thing about Johnson Wagner. So I wasn't sure who, who he was when you told me. Yeah. Um, I pulled him up. Last time we won was in 2011. Yeah. Um, but his PGA Tour profile picture is him wearing a Budweiser hat. So, <laughs> dog. Dog. Um, dog. That's funny. Yeah. So he was he was sending some beers and he was with a guy that my cousin chased me. So we were walking with him a little bit, talking with him. And it's raining and he's got a beer and he's got a he's got a sandwich and he's trying to like put put down his umbrella, eat take a bite of a sandwich and drink a beer and he like dumps the beer over uh, on himself and he's like. Oh, he's like, he's like, this is amateur hour over here, boys. This is fucking bush league. God damn it! Uh, it, was, it was just a sight to see. And then he was chirping the caddies, um, walking down because he probably knows all those guys. And he's chirping the caddies, and they're giving it right back to him. It was, it was just funny. My cousin made the joke. He was like, "That's like a thoroughbred, you know, ex Kentucky Derby horse just showing up to the Kentucky Derby to watch the race." <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, it really is it's a good way to put it. And he's like giving out shout outs. He's like, they hit the ball on the green. He's like, that's fucked. You can't hit it there. And then he's like, yell at the caddy. Like, how are you letting your boy hit it there? Come on. Come on. It wasn't bones. Come on, bones. Come on. We saw a bunch of good shots into 11 and 12, which is the, the coolest place, in my opinion, to watch to watch golf shots at the Masters. Like Mackenzie Hughes almost had a hole in one. Taylor Moore almost had a hole in one. Max Homo almost had a hole in one on that hole. They all hit darts in there. Then we walked over to 16. We saw Seamus Power about Yamit on 16, which was lit. We weren't there for the Sahith Tagala chipping like Tiger kind of shot that he hit. Mm-hmm. That uh, was sweet. It was like we thought there was a whole one. Was sweet. Um, but that was cool. Just a I know, shot. on the broadcast. On the, of course, on the broadcast after that happened, within minutes they had the Tiger Woods pull. Tiger Woods shot pulled up. For yeah, sure. they played, they played the Tiger Woods shot before Sahith went. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, like, if you remember, nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah. There is a nugget if you you know when place. you when you guys get to go and for anyone that's listening, there is a grandstand um to the right of fifteen green, and if you sit in like the top right section, like the very very far end of the section, you can watch everyone hit into fifteen, watch them putt on fifteen. And you can turn over and watch people hit shots into 16. But it's only that like small section of that bleacher that you can actually see 16 mm-hmm. and 15. But that is awesome spot. Awesome spot. If you ever go, you got to post up there yeah. for a couple of weeks. Like watching people hit into 15 is awesome. Like such a cool hole over the water. You see a lot of drama. People hit it. And then 16 on Sunday, especially like the drama. Everyone knows that part three, the funnel pin. There's always crazy stuff that happens there. So that was that was a cool spot. Lastly, Thomas Peters. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I've told you guys this, but for those that don't know, he hit his driver terribly on the front nine on Sunday. And he, I don't know if he broke his driver or if he just threw it in a trash can after he hit it on, he had a bad drive on 10. And I don't know if he broke it, but it, the, the club ended up in the trash can, which was funny in itself. And then the next day I'm flying home and I'm in Charlotte airport and I see this live golf hoodie. Sure enough, it was Thomas Peters. So I was making jokes to the boys like, 
hey, should I go ask him where his driver's at? Um, <laughs> I didn't, I don't have the balls to do that. And I'm not, I'm pretty anti-confrontational, but that was still funny to see him uh, like mm -hmm. repping live golf, like massive live golf sweatshirt on like live golf logos were out so if we're the, uh, if we're talking about if we're talking about banter oh wait really quick for our if we're yeah, talking about do. banter mac and i mac and i had a, a nice little back and forth where they when they canceled play round two i think Ferrar had like just showed up right when they canceled whenever you would you had just showed yeah. up and they canceled yep. and yep. it was after the trees had fallen mac was like oh they should they sh saw ifb showed up canceled play and i was like yeah he probably stumbled walking uphill and they thought another tree was falling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots well, of good banter from those masters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's one of the best ones, too, in recent memory. Mm -hmm. yeah, there is no complete collapse, which, I mean, it's always fun to watch, I think. But, like, it was just Ramen never wanted to happen. going back and forth and just live you know, versus tga you know yeah, like, it had it all versus bad guy like it was just a cool storyline like we just we saw like a 36 hole duel between two of the best golfers in the world mm -hmm. with all the implications of live and stuff yeah uh, really cool. and just and kepka you know just couldn't get it done on the final 18 you know he went 54 with him couldn't Didn't go to the last it. round but uh, it, it looked like he still had gas in the tank he just it just it, it looked like none of his putts were dropping like his just, dropping. And he was just, he said a couple of, I listened to his post round interview and he was like, I hit some really good shots today that just, you know, took a couple bad bounces were a foot or two from being really good. And, you know, yeah. just kind of took the wrong slope. So um, I'm sure he's upset and pissed, but it, you know, I think he, the, the, the line between playing really good at Augusta and, and then shooting 75, like he did is just really, really like the line is so yeah. small. And, Cause like you, um, you look mean? back at his round and I'm just like looking back at his shots. I'm like, he had control of his golf ball. It, it looked like he was playing well. Yeah. It, and it just it just didn't get it done. It was yep. I and mean, that's that's what Augusta is. It was exactly it was kinda it was kinda like Jordan Speed today, to be totally honest. Just no putts when he needed them were dropping. You know, that was really it. Yeah. He needed a bunch yeah. of putts, didn't fall. <laughs> and then Ron Jordan played, Ron played played all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say if Jordan if Jordan won today, I I think we'd be talking about is Jordan now a horse for a course? You know, he's, he's no longer a superstar. He's just horse for a course. Yeah. <laughs> he made more birdies Maybe. at Augusta than freaking Rom did. But he just made all those yeah. doubles and bad bogeys. He, yeah. he said it himself. It was like a bunch of mental mistakes, um, which is yeah. a bummer. But he's playing some good golf. Dude, he's up mix. His iron game mm -hmm. is as good as it's ever been. So, you know, I'm excited to see him uh, this summer. Absolutely. I guess if I leave like with one like kind of parting thought was there are no sponsors at Augusta, which is like I've been to a lot of other golf tournaments and you always see the brands everywhere, the you know, whether it's FedEx, you know, Budweiser, all the all the brands that are usually and they got all their stands and, and the concierge tents and exactly the, yeah. all the all this all this you know branding and sponsors and all this stuff. And it, it there's really nothing like the Masters. It's one it's one of a kind. It's in my opinion, the greatest you know, golf, uh, tournament in the world. And, uh, just like the authenticity and just like their commitment to making it like so much fun for the fans is it's truly awesome. It's all about the experience. It's all about the golf course. It's all about golf. There's no extra distractions other than that. And it's wow. What a cool, what a, I'm, I'm so grateful for good old Herman, you know, uh, giving me this opportunity. Herman to, Kaiser. You know, wow. This episode of tip it out brought to you by Herman Kaiser. Brought to you by Herman Kaiser. Exactly. Yep. Uh, maybe 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 just another nugget is the mayhem that was the merchandise tent uh 
I waited in at like 45 <laughs> minutes in line at 7 a.m. because <laughs> we tried to get there early. We're like, oh, we'll go do our shopping before Sunday's round. Let's go get in there at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. before the, like gates. You can't even get on the course till eight and still 45 minute line. 3,000 people plus in this fucking merchandise like kind of tent, but it's like more like just people pushing, shoving, going every which direction. I've never been more overwhelmed in my life. Uh, just ridiculous. Yeah. And I, you're I part of that million an hour. Dollars. Hey, well, for our, I appreciate your one percent. Uh, I appreciate you uh, going out there for us, being the on course reporter. Yeah. Happy get to get inside the ropes. Nobody wanted to do it, and you did. It <laughs> exactly. speaks volumes of your character. Um, I appreciate you. <laughs> but, you know, glad to be back on the schedule, get some episodes back out, and uh, look forward yeah. to this summer of golf. Yeah, we got some we're, uh, we're we're starting to we're starting to play our own rounds too. So we're gonna we're gonna have some nice yeah. nice content from the course. Yeah. Um, you know, some some swing thoughts, a little update on our goals. We got a lot of stuff coming up. This is gonna be oh awesome. yeah, absolutely. We got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. Excited to get it out and uh, look look on our YouTube for. I think we're gonna do some uh, course reviews or um, like playing reviews. And yeah. that'll be on our YouTube. And uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, this cheers. Cheers. Tip it out. Brought to you by Herman Cross. Cheers. cheers.